Good evening. This is Heartstock Radio. I'm your host, Carol Murphy. Clark Grant is in the studio, and today our guest is Daniel Carper. He is a fractional CTO and an active crypto trader. Just a moment, he's going to be discussing with us cryptocurrency and all that he knows about it and how it affects entrepreneurs. In just a moment, Daniel will be with us, and this is Heartstock. Thanks for listening. As I went walking that ribbon of highway, I saw the me that in the skyway, I saw below me that golden valley. It's Hello, everyone. This is Heartstock Radio. I'm your host, Carol Murphy. Today, our guest is Daniel Carper. He is a fractional CTO and an active crypto trader. I also wanted to remind you that you can find us on Facebook. You can also email us at heartstockradio at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you, um, especially if you're an entrepreneur and using business as a force for good. But right now, Let's talk to Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Hey, how's it going? It is super duper beautiful evening here in Montana. We're pre-recording for my study, like a lot of folks in radio these days during COVID. (laughs) um, The sky is beautiful shades of pink and blue. I mean, I wish you could see it. Where are you talking to us from, Daniel? Uh, In Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania uh, tonight. We just got... uh, you know, probably about a half dozen inches of snow. So uh, it's pretty beautiful out right now. <laughs> yeah, I heard you guys were going to get blasted. And um, let's introduce our listeners to what is a fractional CTO. We'll start there and then we'll kind of dive into um, some other questions. Yeah, absolutely. So I am an independent fractional CTO hailing from Pittsburgh. Uh, with that, I lead the technology for startup through mid-sized businesses covering both commercial and custom software. Uh, and as far as crypto goes, um, I had the opportunity to uh, be paying some people who don't live in the United States about uh, eight months back, and there's not very many good options for that. So, uh, you know, crypto had been around for a while and the subcontractors suggested it and I looked into it and, you know, I decided that uh, it had been around long enough that I was comfortable with it. So I dove in and I have always been interested and, you know, crypto is this really kind of cool place where it's the intersection of 
technology, programming, finance, politics, economics, everything. So I was just drawn to it. And ever since I've been learning everything I can about it, I've been trading and speculating heavily and am actively looking for opportunities to, uh, you know, get involved in the uh, official professional sense. Yes, and I can't wait to dive into that a little bit further. But before we do, give us a little intro as far as your background. Are you from Pittsburgh originally? Yep, I grew up in Pittsburgh. I was a nerd from the cradle, always very interested in building blocks and Legos and, you know, understanding how stuff worked. I began programming in the eighth grade and never looked back. Uh, I went on to earn a degree in computer science from a small liberal arts school nearby and started as the first software engineer uh, in a tiny but exploding startup in Pittsburgh. So I had a great opportunity there. The company grew quite a bit and I worked hard to grow with it. And so, you know, I was there for seven years. From there, I had another couple years in fintech and I've been contracting ever since. When you say fintech, <laughs> help our listeners with that techno-lingo. Is, is that even a word? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, you know, the company I was working with, they were doing real estate equity crowdfunding and crowdfunding means different things to different people. This was actual investing for debt and equity to make a return. It wasn't, it, it's not just donations. And this was part of the jobs act that has been passing or passed through Congress, you know, over the last decade. So it's really new and it's enabling new investment opportunities for people who didn't have those opportunities before. So that's really cool. Even separate from crypto, the finance world is definitely evolving. So the whole beginning for you with crypto came out of the need to pay somebody overseas. Is that right? That was my specific trigger. Yes. And I think it's important for us to talk about why crypto has been so important. What are What's the upside to crypto and why the crypto craze? Uh, well, I think there's huge upside to crypto. First of all, if you look at government-run currencies, uh, you know, inflation is and can be a huge issue. There's currency that isn't backed by gold or silver, and who actually knows what what U.S. dollars are really backed by now? You know, there's the risk that banks can just keep your money from you, and you know, we we are we are actually seeing that currently. For anyone that is following the GameStop madness uh, right now, we have brokerages refusing to process transactions that should be legal transactions. And so, if a bank doesn't want to give you your money, whether that's a brokerage or you know for a savings account or whatever, what are you going to do? So. Um, you know, we see that problem today um, and definitely so in developing countries and, and places of political unrest, banks will keep your money from you and they'll keep U.S. dollars from you and there's nothing you can do about it. And so, uh, you know, I've seen people in these 
communities posting, hey, I'm in this country and I need I need to get money to my relative in that country. And crypto is literally the only way to do it. If you have gold, gold is hard to transport and you get heavily taxed for it. And there's all kinds of rules, regulations, uh, treaties, all kinds of stuff around just normal international money transfers. So um, yeah, banks, banks can definitely keep your money from you. Banks also charge incredibly high fees. I think it's, I, I didn't look today, I should have, but I would be surprised if you can even find a savings account with 1% APY. And uh, they, it's referred to differently. I'm not going to mix up the vocab here, but uh, for a crypto savings account, you're going to be at at least 10% APY. Hmm. And for the equivalent of a money market, you'll be probably somewhere close to 30 to 50% APY. If you do the equivalent of a CD, you can get like 50 to 100% APY. So these banks that are charging, that are giving you 1% for your money, you know, they're making a lot more on your money than you are. And, you know, why? That's okay. your money. So you can be the one lending out your money and putting your money to work for you and earning these yields, which are much higher than you can get with traditional banking. International payments too, you know, being in contracting, I'm very familiar with this. There's a few services that can do it and it's a pain and, you know, you need a ton of info and like I'm in tech, I'm, I'm used to doing tech things. It felt just kind of shady to me. When you say it felt kind of shady, you mean the traditional route? Yeah, it felt like more shady with the traditional payments. So, yeah, crypto felt better. I mean, that's just that's just a gut feel to it, you know, because it, maybe it's because I'm I'm hooking up this service to my actual bank account, whereas it doesn't quite work that way with crypto. I feel much more comfortable using crypto. So, yeah, in general, it's got a really heavily decentralized vibe to it. And, you know, we're seeing in other areas of technology, there are huge questions right now about the problems associated with having central authorities over such important technology. You know, our very rights come into question, you know, no matter how you look at it. So, you know, it's big and there's a lot of benefit to, to cryptocurrency for sure. Explain... What exactly? (laughs) Because it's very confusing to us non-crypto traders. Yeah. Exactly what is what is crypto? First, I want to say that's a really great question, and I want to throw out that a lot of people have, including myself, for a really long time, couldn't really grasp it. And so, the easiest way we're going to try, we're going to do the best we can. The easiest way to think about it is like a serialized digital gold coin. A serialized. uh, You know, yeah, it's, it's serialized in that it's just like US dollars have serial numbers on them and you'll never find two legitimate US dollars with the same serial number. Bitcoin, for example, it's not using sequential numbers like that. It's using a cryptographic signature, but it is essentially the same thing. It's a unique identifier. Mm Kind of like a a thumbprint. 
Yeah, it's like a it's like a thumbprint, exactly. And what about its nature makes it decentralized and more democratic? Yeah, absolutely. So starting with a little context, a good way to think about blockchain, like what is blockchain, right? It's a network of servers uh, and a server is just a computer uh, with some software running on it. Basically, a big ledger of transactions is uh, maintained on these nodes and you send a transaction into the, the blockchain and the blockchain validates it. It's people receive fees for running these server nodes. And so when a transaction is validated, it goes through and it transfers ownership of the various assets into the respective party's name. And at some point in its origination, you you had to buy this with U.S. dollars. Is that right? Uh, yes, that's correct. And so what a lot of people do, there are several very large, reputable U.S. exchanges. And so you can register there and transfer your money from a normal bank account. And then from there, you can purchase your crypto assets and you know move them around the various blockchains. Various blockchains. So you can move it um, from platform to platform, essentially? Is that what we're talking about? Essentially, yeah. I mean, it works uh, different ways in different situations. But first of all, I might have multiple wallets on the same blockchain. I might want to purchase my Bitcoin through a very reputable exchange, but then I might want to keep that in a different wallet, one that I control that is not controlled by the exchange. So I would purchase crypto at the exchange and then transfer that into my own personal wallet so that the exchange couldn't withhold that from me. And I'm in complete ownership of that. Uh, It's kind of like the equivalent of stashing uh, money in your mattress. That's you owning it. And then, so that's within the same blockchain. There are different blockchains which have different currencies on them that have different functionalities and purposes. And you may want your one coin on this other blockchain. And, you know, they may have a version of your coin that runs on that blockchain. Or you may have kind of a derivative. It it works a lot of different ways. Uh, But yeah, in general... Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot to kind of wrap your head around. And if you are getting into the nitty gritty of it, uh, you know, it's technical. It's it's software and cryptography. So it is technical. But yeah, maybe a good way to think about it is like there are like marker type equivalents. If I have an X blockchain and you have a Y coin, then there could be like an XY coin that is pegged to the value of your Y coin but it runs on my ex blockchain. Mm-hmm. So I think I just made my own eyes go cross there a little bit, but <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> We're going to take our midway break here in just a moment. We shall be back. This is okay. Heartstock Radio. We're talking with Daniel Carper. I'm Carol Murphy, your host, and Clark Grant is in the studio. This is Heartstock.
Heartstock Radio, and today our guest is Daniel Carper, and we are talking about cryptocurrency. So what is the downside to crypto? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, pretty much any risk that you have with normal finance is still a risk with crypto. It doesn't protect anyone. Uh, It doesn't protect myself from making bad decisions. You know, it is less regulated. And so you really need to do your research. And there's plenty of examples of, you know, I'll say plainly, there's scams, pump and dumps, the rug pull is another uh, name that they go by. So you want to stick to the reputable assets. Such as what would you consider for yourself to be reputable? Yeah, uh, of course. So Bitcoin is definitely the most reputable actually had a market cap of over a trillion dollars within the last few months. I think that puts it in the top five market caps. But yeah, Bitcoin, definitely the most reputable. After that, Ethereum or S, ETH would be, you know, the next biggest one. And there's, there are a lot of really reputable currencies, you know, that are definitely safe to invest in given the relative risk of crypto. But the two, the two biggest are definitely Bitcoin and Ethereum. And the, the inherent risk is just like any investment. But aside from that, are there other pitfalls that, historically speaking, have occurred? Yeah. So um, there's also the risk of security hacks. And, you know, we see this uh, and I'm expecting to see a few more over the next couple of years where it's like an old-fashioned bank robbery. Uh, a crypto exchange essentially gets robbed or you know the currency currencies are manipulated and people are using that to their advantage. And that is a risk and you have that more with the lack of regulation. So again, you need to kind of be judicious about you know how you invest and what you do with your money. A lot of people end up losing money. A lot of these hacks are not hacks, but they're manipulations of the underlying currencies. And the reason that it's possible to exploit this is because people are over leveraged. So if you don't over leverage right there, you're really reducing your your risk. And how do you over leverage? In other words, you put too much money in compared to your overall value? Or network. Um, yeah, uh, I'll give you an example of something I'm doing in just kind of abstract terms. So collateralized loans are a thing in the crypto world and in the normal finance world. But, you know, so I have an amount of money in cryptocurrency and I can put that down as collateral and take out another loan. And then I have that loan money and then my collateral continues accruing the capital gains. And so I can increase my exposure here by taking a loan out in stable coin, which is coin pegged to the US dollar, and then essentially buying more cryptocurrency with that to profit from the capitalized gains. Now the platform I'm using lets you take out uh, it depends you know exactly what you're doing, but it allows you to maintain a loan to value ratio of about 70%, which means if I put down $100, I could borrow 70. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem with that is 
if it goes to 75, they start liquidating my collateral. So part of a common hack, and when I say common, I mean, I think I've seen this like honestly about a half dozen times over the last like 15 to 18 months, you know, these stable coins, which are supposed to be pegged to the US dollar, some of them move around a little bit. (laughs) And so if you have a ton of money, you can manipulate some of these markets. And so what has been done is people will essentially drive up the price of the stable coin. And so what that does is it changes your loan to value ratio. And so if I was, if I was, uh, had a loan to value ratio right on that 70% line, then the stable coins wouldn't have to be manipulated very much before I get liquidated. So if I was more at like a 30% loan to value, then I would have a lot of room to absorb the, the change in the stable coin. But, you know, the people that I'm describing as over leverage, they are taking as much margin as a platform will give them. And so that's risky. And when you're in that situation, if anything goes wrong, it it can blow up in your face. Yeah. Not a lot of wiggle room there. Not a lot of wiggle room. So if you just practice sound investing and judicious investing and and don't chase, you know, pump and dumps and you're not trying to get rich overnight. Yeah. It's, it's very possible to invest like safely and securely for sure. We've got, oh, about four minutes left. And I'm hoping that we can kind of talk about what may be lying ahead for cryptocurrency and how is that going to change investing in crypto? Yeah, I think that the only thing that I'm sure about is that it's here to stay. It's just such a more efficient system than the current fiat that we have, it's actually, a lot of people are not aware of this, but it's actually harder to launder money with Bitcoin because all the transactions are 100% public. So, you know, governments and countries are for cryptocurrency. The last time I looked, we actually saw at least two countries have started to roll out their own official cryptocurrencies. And I believe within five years, the United States will have its own cryptocurrency and maybe within 10 to 15, they will decommission uh, the current current fiat. And so, you know, I think it's here to stay. I think there's a couple areas which are going to be prone to regulation. And so we're all uh, as, as speculators trying to figure out, you know, how that's going to play out as far as businesses go. I think the idea of I'm almost ready to not, and people, even crypto people will say this is too risky, but I'm almost to a point, if just emotionally, I'm almost ready to not keep any of my own money in US dollars. Why? I can get 40 to 100% APY. And so to keep money in US dollars when we know that the government is attempting to inflate the dollar you know, you're committing to losing money right there. And so there's a lot less risk. Yeah, there's a lot less risk, of course. But, you know, there's also in business, there's there's a lot of risk if everyone else is making money and you're not. 
and uh, your money starts to be worth a lot less. And uh, it's easier for me to move my money around. You know, I do, I, I do like finance and trading and stuff. And this whole idea of taking days for your cash to clear, if you open a new trading account, like let's just say I was at one platform and I wasn't able to, uh, you know, make the trades that I wanted to because the, the platform just decided against that. And so it's like, okay, well, you know, free work, free country, they can do what they want, but I'm going to go to another broker. Well, to get your money out and then into another broker, that could be a week, two weeks, three months. weeks. Um, <laughs> During COVID. Yeah, months. Months, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like your money, you're, you're making way more on it, even if it's just sitting there. And you can move it around a lot easier. Offshore payments are a lot easier. And I think in general, uh, it's, we're going to see a lot easier payment solutions, especially for international payments. But, yeah. you know, we have been using basically prehistoric bank technology for the last decade or two. And programmers know this. Uh, bank technology is old mainframes Outdated. written in these languages yeah. that, yeah, no one, want, no one wants to learn them anymore because they're really not enjoyable languages to work in. And so that's why people are, they get paid so well to do it because it's really not pleasurable work. And all of that really old bank tech is on the verge of being replaced. How might our, we're, we're kind of coming to the end here. So I was, I just wanted to yeah. make sure folks knew how to reach out to you, Daniel. The best way is definitely on LinkedIn. Please reach out. Uh, I love talking about technology and crypto and all kinds of things. So uh, please reach out. And how, can you spell your name just so folks can find you easily? Daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L, Carper, C-A-R-P-E-R. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge about crypto. I've, I do feel a little straighter, a little more square on this now. <laughs> My head's not just kind of well, spinning. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Thanks for having me. It was great speaking with you. This is Hardstock Radio. I'm your host, Carol Murphy. We shall see you next week. Peace. Hardstock Radio is a production of KBMF 102.5 Butte America Radio. Hear our programs every Friday at 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time via live stream at butteamericaradio.org. As I went walking, I saw a sign there, and on the sign it said, No trespassing, but on